Hi, welcome to episode two of One of the Girls. We're hoping maybe you listened to our first episode about Taylor Swift. And if you didn't, if you did, it's not a problem. It's Don't not worry a problem. About it. And if you found your way here by not listening to that episode and stumbling upon us, that also rules. Um, we're a podcast that investigates pop culture and girlhood and the intersection between the two and how we feel about different pop culture things. Who's we? Who's us? I was getting there, Josie. I'm Mia Starner. I'm a freelance writer on uh, on Al Gore's internet, and that's what I do for yes, a living. Yes, Nina Starner is who she is, and I'm Abraham Josephine Reisman, but you yes. can call me Josie. And we are two girls chatting girl things, and yes. today... Contrary to the title, it is two girls. I, I like that we throw people off by having it called one of the girls, and there's two of us, but... Well, I mean, and we had this discussion at the top of the last episode, Josie, but a lot of this came of the fact that, like, for a long time in your life, you wanted to be one of the girls. Sure, yeah. And Without knowing that was even an option, yeah. Exactly, and you've, you are with us now, you are in the fold, you are, you're a gal. I'm among us, girlhood. amongst yes. the girls, yes, yes, exactly. And we and love not it. as an interloper, exactly. Oh, but no. And I was amongst uh, the girls and the gays when I saw the movie that we're going to be talking about today. Barbie, Greta Gerwig's Barbie. B-A-R-B-I-E. Yes. Yes, the, the movie that is alongside uh, another movie that we're not talking about, taking <laughs> the nation by storm in the past couple of weeks. I will say, just to get this out of the way, I did do the full Barbenheimer. I did see you did You did them both on one day. Wow, I, sure did. I didn't have the courage. What was it like? Uh, it was, uh, well, I had already seen Barbie because I went to an early screening of that with my mom. And obviously, like, that's something that I'll bring into the conversation um, but then it was a Sunday afternoon. I had plans to see Barbie with a friend already and I had tickets for 420. And sure. then I realized that, uh, you know, I, I live in a city with a bunch of really nice little art house theaters and a couple of them two blocks apart. One was playing Oppenheimer at noon. And then I was seeing Barbie at the other at 420. And I thought, Hmm. So I got the noon ticket for Oppenheimer. I had like an hour in between. Um, I mean, I'm I'm very glad I picked the order that I did. Oppenheimer first yeah, was the right yeah. choice because it was basically like eating your vegetables before you could have your Sunday. Um, sure, but I mean, and Oppenheimer, we're not going to discuss it. Probably, I'm going to say ever because there's nothing about girlhood in that movie. But if you like Christopher in Nolan, a Christopher go see Nolan it. movie, there wasn't an interrogation of femininity. It's so shocking. You're blowing my mind here. The Christopher Nolan didn't do a deep dive into like what it's like to be a woman. Yeah. How did he hold himself back? I mean, I they're all, all of his I films are know. such rich explorations. Of I know. His female <laughs> and guess I'm what? Sorry. I actually kind of like Christopher Nolan, but it I is. I do too. Not, I do too. There's. There are definitely things to be said about the female characters. He tries, he makes an effort with Oppenheimer and effort's even too strong of a word. But I followed it up with Barbie, uh, the pure facts of the movie, uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, written by Gerwig. Do we even have to, I feel like everybody knows. It's the only, (laughs) it's the only movie anyone knows anything about right now. I know, I know. And it had, I don't know, probably the biggest marketing blitz of anything that I can think of in recent memory. Just like everything. And the last marketing blitz that will, and the last one we'll see for a while. What with the strike. Yeah, we, uh, we got, we got an almost complete pitch perfect press tour from one Ryan Gosling, who we will obviously be discussing at a certain point. Sure, of course, um, Who yeah. did the Austin Butler thing where he talked in the Elvis voice, but in a way that wasn't very irritating. Um, or at least I didn't find it irritating <laughs> like I did yeah. with Austin Butler. Yeah, he just but, kept with the Ken thing. Yeah. And he's he's a very gifted performer. He knows he that performance doesn't end when the camera stops rolling. And as I actually recently wrote about for Looper.com, 
that is a man who loves to commit to a bit, as we have seen him do on some like SNL sketches, stuff like that. He really, he's never been a bit he doesn't want to throw himself headfirst into. So absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so how did you feel? Barbie. How Go did ahead. you feel like physically when you were done with having watched both movies? Both movies. Um, I left, well, I mean, both times. I just feel like the experience of seeing yeah. the whole block, was it exhausting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tiring. Although, it's funny, you know, I saw people complaining about, like, critics complaining about having to do it. And a friend of mine said, sent me an article of a critic complaining about having to do it, saying, in case you're crazy enough. And I was like, yeah. to watch two movies in a day? <laughs> It's a big ask these days. That's people not, don't do that anymore. It but used people to be binge that eight was... hours. I binged The Bear in one day. How is that yeah. different? Uh, and it's also, you know, I'm privileged in that I get to care about this stuff for a living, which is really awesome. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it was a long day. I came home and I was like, I don't want to look at my television. I don't want to look at a screen. I don't want to <laughs> no look at anything screens. electronic. Yeah, I, 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 I was definitely tired, but I think that the burst of energy that I got from Barbie even the second time around mm-hmm. because watching it for a second time well first of all the contrast I, I mean it's funny because both movies grapple with like existentialism in a very weird way and like humanity I haven't seen Oppenheimer <laughs> right. I, should say, I should say before we go any further yeah this will be an interesting conversation because the last one we were sort of both in you know Nina was very pro Taylor Swift and I was in no way anti Taylor Swift mm-hmm. but was not like you know, the same level of super fan as she was. Um, so now we're in this different situation where I really hated Barbie. I really had a terrible time watching it. Um, but I'm very curious to have this yeah. conversation because I've, I, for a few days, I was kind of terrified of us talking about Barbie. Me too! Because I was like, we're going to have some big fight about it, but I'm much calmer about it now. I don't feel like lecturing anybody about Barbie. I can tell you what I didn't like about it, but I'm not Absolutely. on a high horse about it. And I'm also really, honestly, genuinely interested to hear what you didn't like, because I feel like I've kind of only seen a claim and I would really like to to hit a challenge about, like, what it says and what it's doing or what yeah, it's trying I mean, to do, I'm, where it succeeds I, and where it doesn't. Because I think I think Gerwig, if not, I mean, Gerwig is an ambitious filmmaker. We know this. Is she's not, she doesn't, she doesn't go into a project thinking, I guess I'll just do a passable job and then leave right, that. Right, right. And I am personally a huge fan of Lady Bird and Little Women. And yeah. so I, I went love into Lady this. Bird. I didn't see Little Women, I'm ashamed to say, but uh, no particular reason. I just didn't get around sure. to it. Sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, uh, that was the Lady, end of Bird, Lady Bird's Weird a tremendous time. movie. Yeah. And I've been a fan of Gerwig ever since I saw her in Greenberg in 2009, which yeah. is now almost 15 years ago. Oh it's hard to think about. But summer of 2009, she was in Greenberg where it was Baumbach directing. That was one of the yes. early sort of muse moments with yes. her. A little awkward because Noah was with somebody else at the time. But um, yep. <laughs> uh, Greenberg, she's wonderful. I, I will never forget the scene of her. It's the night before her character is about to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And the camera opens on her just drinking alone in her apartment, listening to Uncle Albert, Al- Admiral Halsey by <laughs> Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney. <laughs> such a good scene. She's just dancing around alone with no one watching, going, hands she's, across she's the so water good. and drinking her fetus yeah. away. It's a great <laughs> scene. <laughs> I was like, I'm well, in love with this woman. And I'm sure this this might loop back into the conversation later if you have also seen it. And it's been a little 
it's been a minute since I've watched it and now I would like to revisit it. But I think like Francis Ha is probably oh, a really another good, wonderful movie. Yes. A great movie and something that I think ties so closely into her fascination with girlhood and with women because that movie is so much about female friendship. I mean, there are men Absolutely. in that movie that float in and out, but it's her and, and I believe the best friend's name is Sophie, I want to say. And sure. Um, I saw it a while ago when it yeah, was in it's theaters. Been, it's, but yeah. it's been a minute. But, I mean, it's phenomenal. Also directed by Noah Baumbach and co-written by Gerwig. And so... And so I think we've been watching Gerwig basically work her way up to tackle like, a monolith of femininity like Barbie that's supposed to represent every single type of girl in the world. I mean, that is the commercial purpose, right? The capitalistic right. purpose Right, but well, I mean, this gets into what I think was the, and I will fully confess before we go mm-hmm. any further. Yes, Huge yes. credit to my spouse, S.I. Rosenbaum, the writer and editor. Brilliant um, writer. Because she was the one who better than me articulated our mutual fundamental problem with Barbie, okay. which is she is supposed to be all things to all girls, mm-hmm. I guess, but the movie can't let her be that. The movie fails at that because the movie can only imagine her as being the jobs that are on the box. When was the last time you got a Barbie and obeyed what was on the box? Like Mattel can't conceive of a huh. world where most Barbies are weird Barbie, but most Barbies right. are weird Barbie. Right. It's this total cop out about imagination where it goes, you know what's important? The brand, not the imagination that goes into when you have this object. That's what I found offensive about. It. See, that's a re- I never that never occurred to me because I think and now that you point that out, I'm remembering playing with my Barbies and my favorite Barbie, I remember this so clearly, was Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. I loved her. She was yeah. my favorite. Um, I think I really liked her hair because I have really fine, useless hair. And she had these big, thick curls. The and thick like, locks. Yeah, and yeah, I, was like, I know. Oh, Mediterranean, I love her hair. whatever. Yeah, I was yeah. very jealous of a doll's hair. Um, but I remember loving her. And yeah, I mean, I think I sometimes kept her in the Esmeralda outfit, but I'm sure more often no, than not, but like she most was swapping of the time- outfits or half nude or what have you. Like, I guarantee exactly. that if you walked over to my collection of Barbies at any given moment, they were all like, had their pants off, like, yeah, weren't doing their quote unquote job. So I think that's, that is a, I never thought about that it was keeping them in the boxes that it didn't want to put Barbie in. in well, that was the thing was like, everybody has the yeah. job that Mattel wants them to have, but I don't think that's how virtually anybody plays with Barbies. Like right. I, I will, I will also fully confess. I didn't play with Barbies. I right. was a not just cause I was a boy. <laughs> Here was the thing. I liked dolls. I hated mm-hmm. Barbie. I right. remember in third grade, we had to do some writing assignment. I don't know. And I had a little superhero character that I'd imagined named Super Dope, who was kind of a, an idiot. And it was, <laughs> it was sort of a parody of superheroes, I guess. But the right. point was Super Dope, in one of his adventures, fought a like 50 foot tall Barbie. Nice. And his mission was one of righteous feminism. Like it was this. Oh my this, God. This doll is setting unrealistic beauty standards for women. Because I was the child of a second wave feminist who was very right. ardent about that. Right. Like Barbie was kind of persona non grata for us because nobody right. looks like Barbie. Barbie is not in any way a thing that anybody was saying to me, even as an effeminate young kid hey, you're going to really relate to this. Because I didn't look like Barbie. I was never well, going to look and like Barbie. it's physically impossible to look like Barbie, right? Like No I, one can, yeah. Wasn't there a thing that if, if she was a real person, she would just fall forward all the yeah, time? Yeah, she'd fall forward all the time. There's because no way that your breasts can be... No. Right, yeah. On those like, legs and all that. And right. I, I, I was a little bit of a troll, but I think I was a troll in the right direction at third grade, which was uh. like, this is not... 
what we should be enforcing right. on people. Right. And it just sort of, so I'm maybe not the target audience for this movie because walking into this movie, I already had a bias against Barbie. Sure. Yeah. And I, I will what say, did you, I, what, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Were you going to ask about my history with Barbie? Cause that's kind yeah, of where I was, I was curious headed. about yeah. your history with Barbie. Yeah. Do tell. Yeah. So my mom was a kid when the first Barbie came out and her mother bought it for her. So my mom had the black and white striped bathing suit, curly bangs, OG Barbie. And she still has a bunch in her basement. She has Alan. She has the original Alan. Wow, she has OG Alan. Who only existed for, I believe, two years before they retired him. Yeah, it was not a brief, it was not a long period, yeah. No, because then they had a new Alan with one L and he had a mohawk, but that's a different story. Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, I think he was supposed to be Midge's cooler, hotter boy. Ah, cool. Because at first he was just Ken's buddy. And he, he, right. you know, which again, the movie copped out on because you have to sell the movie in China. So Alan is is <laughs> the joke is that Alan is Michael Sarah as opposed to the joke being Alan is gay, which right. they could they were not to mention the fact that Harry Neff was not even acknowledged as trans. But I'm sorry, I'm getting off on my high horse again. No, I want to no, hear what your no, no, no. and like. wait, it's very interesting, too, because Jonathan Groff was in the running to play uh, Alan. Alan. Oh, well, that would have been a completely different movie. Exactly. And I'm not sure how I feel about it, just because I really did like the Michael Sarah. like, I'm just oh, kind sure. of here. Like, I thought that that felt like big Alan energy to me. Actually, um, Jen Chaney wrote a really great essay on Vulture about the beige flagness of Alan. That the was very funny. Flag? I don't even like, know what the, that means. He, like, he's a vibe, if not having a vibe is a vibe. Like, that's Alan's vibe. Like, he's just, okay. he barely exists. And I found it very amusing. But, so yeah, I, I played with my mom's Barbies when I was a kid, and I had Barbies. And it's so interesting, because my mom, you know, I grew up, I'm an only child. I grew up in a very matriarchal household. My dad, you know, does his best, but really never had any say in anything. Even our dogs were girls. I mean, it was just, it was very like, I knew growing up who ran the show and that it was not my dad. If you're listening to this dad, I'm sorry, but you know that it's true. Um, and so I grew up with, a, like, my mom's a lawyer. She was a lawyer when, you know, people, she had to fight to wear pants to a case after she broke her ankle. In the 90s, she had to file some sort of whatever lawyer thing to be like, I don't I can't wear a skirt because my ankle's broken and I need to wear a boot. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, so she did not come up as a lawyer in a time where women were the majority or even really respected as much as men. And she is very aware of that. And I don't know if she has a. You know, you described your mom as a second wave feminist. I think if you gave my mom 10 bucks and were like, what wave feminist are you? She'd be like, right, right. My mom was was more academic about it. But But, so I grew up with Barbie, but I never, it never even occurred to me as a kid. And maybe I'm the weird one here to look at Barbie and go, I should look like this. I think I was just like, it's a doll. But I also played a lot with American girl dolls, like a lot, a lot. Oh, more with American girls. Definitely. Because American girls came with books that you could read. Right, and I was backstory. Yeah, I love to read and I loved the historical backgrounds of all the dolls right. and I loved that you could, like, I had, like, Felicity's, like, four-poster bed. Like, that was so cute. Like, I loved but, how bespoke the accessories were and how cute they were. So I I don't know how long my Barbie phase even lasted because I would say really I went from, side like, note, That's a yeah. really interesting point you're making there. Yeah. That's how you build... Like, if you made an American Girl yeah. movie, which I'm sure now this is being discussed because it of the is success of Barbie. Yeah. If you made an American Girl movie, then you'd have canon that mm-hmm. kids respected. 
that you'd have to adhere to. And Barbie has no one. canon. And they've Mattel was exactly acting. One. Yeah. And Barbie and the movie was acting like Barbie has canon. Right. But there's no booklet for a Barbie that's like, you know, whatever job Barbie. You just pull it out of the box and you use whatever elements that were there that you like and you throw away the ones you don't and you reinvent right. it. Whereas with American Girl, they knew how to build brand loyalty in a very specific way. Right, because it was kind of the prototype to picking your Sex in the City character. It was like, well, what's your favorite one? Are you a, are you Felicity? Are you Samantha? Are you Josefina? You know, Samantha had the cutest accessories, but everybody loved Molly because if you grew up wearing glasses, you wanted Molly. She was the only one. Right, with she was it the was bookish like whole, one. Yeah, it was a whole hierarchy of like who wanted what, and there was no superiority of which dolls better than the other. It was more just like you you identified with one doll or a couple dolls and maybe didn't love the others as much. Again, because I think the backstory factored so much into it. And I remember I would never put like my American Girl dolls. Again, I'm a, I'm a nerd and I was like, a, I never broke a rule as a kid. So I might be the wrong person. <laughs> Me ask. neither, maybe but, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> but I would never have put like Kirsten's clothes on Felicity with my American Girl dolls. That would have right. been insane for me to do. American Girl is much closer to a Marvel Comics model yeah, it really than is. Barbie, which is much closer to a, like, department store item model. Right. You know? Right. So it's it's so interesting to compare those two, and there was a really, I mean, it's it's four children. There's a Kit Kittredge movie for kids that they made for American Girl. Um, oh, okay, and yeah. I'm not but surprised it's like, that somebody I, and, tried to get they have I a musical. It, a friend of mine was what really? originated one of the roles in the American Girl musical wow. that they would do at the American Girl store. I've and been to that store. Yeah, I, they, I, I don't know if they kid. still do it, but they used to have a little musical review. And uh, a dear friend of mine, orig- I can't remember which role it was, but she originated one of the roles. She's a rather diminutive lady, so she could pass. Got it. Yeah, I, the thing I remember hearing last about an American Girl store, which I have to share because it's too good, is that Allison Williams was interviewed for New York Magazine while having tea at the American Girl store with a table I full of dolls it. while she was doing press for Megan. <laughs> wow. Who, I wonder who at New York Mag proposed that. That's a great idea. It's so Good. That sounds I, like, yeah, I, I think can think about of like it four like different writers who that would, I used to write there. Sorry, I shouldn't yeah. specify. I can think of like four different people I used to work with who could have proposed that, but I don't know who it was off the top of my head. Just perfect, perfect pitch. That but, is perfect, yes. So, but so, so American Girl on. has backstory, you are correct. But I mean, I, I always liked the imagination toys because, again, I was an only child, so I really had to make my own form of play. Sure. So I had a huge Playmobil castle, and then I kind of went into Barbie. And that was, there was probably a lot of overlap there. And then once I was on American Girl Dolls, it was like that. And then I just started reading books. And I Right, then you fall moved. into the books and you're like, oh, who needs yeah. the toys anymore? If you're a certain kind of, kind yeah. of kid. Because yeah. that was true for me too. Like I loved superhero action figures until I started being old enough to actually read superhero comics. Right. At which right. point I was like, oh, I can just read when people who are smarter than me come up with more interesting ideas to do with these characters. Right. And I graduated from the American Girl Doll books, which were, got a little young for me, to the Dear America Diaries, which will be, it'll, that'll send neurons firing to any For like girls. three people. Yeah. No, no I, uh, they oh, just, the, oh, I just I'm sorry. Thought, I apologize. I'm out of the loop. On oh, this no, no, no. They, these were among like the Scholastic Book Fair, like 10 year old girls, because I'm a, I'm a skosh younger than you. Yeah, um, you're a little younger than me. And right. so like. They were, it would be like a girl who was on the Titanic, like not a famous girl. It would just be like a girl who happened to be on the Titanic or 
a girl living through the Civil War, like stuff like that. Was this, and, and it was still part of the American Girl series? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm saying that's what I graduated to from, because it was still historical. Like Right, but it's a different series. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, I, think I thought maybe lot, this was like four older I, kids in the same it was, brand. It was for slightly older kids, but it was very much, if you liked American Girls, you then, it was a gateway drug. This was a gateway, America. but it was another yeah. thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. It. But, so, I mean, and then I don't remember the last time I played with really any toys. Yeah. And now I'm in my 30s and I'm dead inside. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I, there are people <laughs> who still do the, the action figure thing and I don't have any judgment on it other than it seems like an awful waste of plastic. But that's just me. You know, the Funko Pop thing. Like, that's something I don't get about toys now. And I will sound like a crank because I'm not actually engaged with the, what the toy scene is now. And I will fully admit that. But... The whole idea of you get a toy and you never take it out of the box just seems yeah. so completely out of the realm of what makes sense. For right, because all my Barbies are, as you said, are basically weird Barbie and they were road hard and put away wet by the time right. I was done with them. Um, my American Girl dolls are probably in okay shape, but they're still in my parents' basement. I have to figure out what the hell to do with them. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, and I remember the Beanie Baby craze. I took oh, all the tags yeah, off one. mine. Because I wanted to play with them, and I played with them all the time. Right, that's the thing. It's like this is my my big like pack rat addiction that my wonderful spouse, the aforementioned Si Rosenbaum, uh, is actually very nice about. Thank God is used books. I buy a lot of used books, but I freaking read them. Like I don't buy a used antiquarian book just to put it in my shelf. I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to read a book that has passed through time like that and use it the way it was supposed to be used. Right. That's the thing. It was designed to be read. And like, unless it has some special historical significance and it needs to be preserved, I want to read that thing, you know? I get that. I do. I mean, I also, every year or so, I just give away a giant pile of books because I tend to accumulate yeah, I use and new in in various combinations and then i'm like oh no yeah, i have a 600 square foot apartment uh, we have a we have a we just had a, a good bad thing happen which was si figured out how to clear out a bunch of space on our third floor where we sleep so now i mm -hmm. have a new place to put more books which oh. i really should just cut down on the places i can have books so i can get rid of them but i don't think that would actually work to counteract my addiction or you could get a book about barbie could get a book about Barbie. That's right. Are there good books about Barbie? There probably are. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's to say about. That was the other yeah. thing. Was like when they introduced Ruth. What's her name? The, the creator yeah. of Barbie. It was such a weird, like Stan Lee moment. You know, I, I mm -hmm. didn't even introduce myself at the top of this podcast, but you know, I, I, I wrote a biography of Stan Lee of Marvel Comics, and it was so obvious that Mattel was trying to do a Stan Lee cameo when they had. Um, Rhea Perlman appear as the creator of Barbie. Like, they want to have sort of like an avuncular, older, Jewish, but not too Jewish, you know, never acknowledged that they're Jewish figure um, to sort of be the loving face and creator god of this brand. And it felt like, well, there must be an interesting story with Ruth, but we're just getting like a tiny snippet of it in this large commercial, you know? Well, I think like... I think that there's a little more story with Ruth, and I did go into it being aware of this, in that, like, Bar yeah. Barbie is named for her daughter. Right, and, that I and knew, so, yeah. And just 
that she and her daughter worked on the company together for so, so long. And I, I know that there's a lot of ooh, very fraught stuff with Stan Lee and family and all of that. And, oh, that gets you know, very complicated. We don't have yes. to get into all that, but yes. <laughs> but I think that the, like, mother figure of Ruth, I mean, granted, I've spent basically zero time mired in the Stanley of it all is particularly compared to yeah I mean I have like an allergy to this him. sort of thing just right that's something I'm very right. aware of brands doing because it's what Marvel did with Stan right so I do want to ask and I want to ask this in a way that I promise is not like is there Don't was there anything that you enjoyed yeah, or sure. Like I liked all... Ryan. I loved Ryan Gosling's performance. I actually thought yeah. the performances were very. I thought good. the performances were uniformly yeah, thought, like very good. Yeah, yeah, pretty uniformly very excellent. I mean, you know, there were some people who were kind of phoning it in. I mean, Will Ferrell doesn't. You know, he just sort of plays Will Ferrell, and he's very yeah. amusing. He's very good at it. Right. But it's not like there was anything particularly revolutionary. No, there was no new revelation there for sure. No, of no. like, wow, I didn't know Will Ferrell was capable of playing a bumbling old white guy. It's like, well, that's kind of what he's been doing for a long right. time. But other than that, I mean, look, I, I'll watch Margot Robbie in virtually anything. I think she's a fantastic performer who I always like watching because she always seems to have a certain air of like, I was <laughs> she's I was talking about this in reference to Uma Thurman the other day while I was watching Pulp Fiction. But mm-hmm. she's one of those people who has that look of I'm too smart to enjoy how hot I am. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm way too smart. I know exactly <laughs> what problems that creates and right. what advantages it creates in a cynical way. So you see her being gorgeous, but you can tell she's very aware of the power that she has and tries to use it judiciously. And I think she did so well. I mean, on the on a very literal filmmaking level, like she's the one who bought the rights from Mattel. She enlisted, right? Her, she really know, spearheaded. Like she, she yeah. and she really stood between as much as possible. Like stood between Mattel and the creative team, and was basically like, "I, like I'm calling as many shots as you will allow." And she said to them, "You're going to get a billion dollar movie if you let us do what we want." And it looks like she's going to be right. Um, yeah, it'll probably make but, a billion. I mean, there's not, there, there's not a whole lot of competition right now. Well, and it's close yeah. to, I believe after the second weekend, it was 700. So yeah, it's not I'm even not, that far I'm not, I'm not pessimistic about no. the box office. No, and but I mean, but that's its own... That's know, maybe that's its, its own, own thing. thing. It's where it's because, like, yeah. people are acting like this is like this big win. And I'm like, for who? For right. who? For Mattel? For Warner Brothers? For Warner Discovery? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I guess it's frustrating to me that people are trying to frame this as some kind of feminist win as opposed to a movie they enjoy. That's what bothers me about it. I didn't see anything feminist about this movie, not even pop feminist, because pop feminism has evolved beyond what Barbie was saying. And Hardy Neff is the perfect example of that. Um, Hardy Neff is in this movie, but there is no acknowledgement of Hardy Neff being trans. And I love Hardy Neff, but Hardy Neff's look in this movie is very binary trans, you know? I am a trans woman who does not look like Hari Neff, and I don't begrudge Hari Neff at all. But if you put me in as a Barbie, then the audience would have to feel uncomfortable and ask some questions about what a woman is. You put Hari Neff in there and dress her up to look incredibly Right, she's binary. a literal model, yeah. She's a literal model. You dress her up to look really binary and don't acknowledge textually that she's trans, then I personally as a trans person found that really gross and exploitative on Mattel's part because they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. So how do you think Gerwig factors into that then? Are you like... Well, I don't know. I just assume that... Here's the thing. I'm very skeptical about how much control Gerwig and Baumbach actually had for this movie. I am virtually certain they have hyperbolically hyped up the degree to which they had editorial control. I don't think it's true. 
I, I'm a I'm a I'm a truther about it. I could be completely wrong, but it's a great marketing tactic. If you put out a big commercial for a product and you say, "Oh, this artist you really like," don't worry, they had total editorial control. You really think Gerwig wasn't going to make Alan Gay? You really think somebody know. didn't tell her don't make Alan Gay because the Chinese don't like it? I Come genuinely on. don't. I see. I mean, Alan being Alan being outright gay, like potentially. But I also am like, I I have a real like weird protectiveness of Gerwig when it comes to people being like, well, she only talks about X, Y, and Z in her movies, and it's like, I do you want Greta Gerwig to make a movie about like the black experience in America, like? No, you don't. You don't want her to make a movie about a perspective right. that she has not lived or, and does not innately understand. And I don't so know. I kind of do. I'd be interested in that. I'd be more interested in that because she's a she's a beautiful blonde woman, and I don't think that sticking to her perspective is going to create interesting art. Like see, I don't, this art interested me very greatly. You're and a I beautiful guess blonde I'm, woman. You're a beautiful. You're gorgeous, and I feel like for me, as somebody who grew up, listeners, not looking, ignore her, please. <laughs> strike that <laughs> you are you're really pretty Ugh. and i guess maybe this is coming out of like a childhood jealousy thing of just like for me the idea of be looking like barbie was completely inconceivable as opposed to just to you know maybe it's 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 not something that i want but maybe maybe right. a lot of my resentment of this movie is coming out of the jealousy of not having had anything resembling the opportunity to ever get close to looking like margot robbie or greta gerwig you know, sure, and I—I I mean, I think like obviously this is a movie that was going to be, and like there's also a lot of my dog has a lot of feelings, and I'm not editing her out because she, she has a lot. She of is valid, and she yeah. this this Barbie barks, okay? <laughs> she does. Lux, are you Lux. a Barbie who barks? Yes, you are. So, uh, you know, it, it's I knew this movie was going to be. I knew that it was not going to be. I'm actually surprised that it got as much acclaim as it did, and I, I do like. When it did really succeed, part of me was like, it's such a mixed bag. Because on the one hand, you can make movies pointed at women by women and they will go see it. But on the oh, other yeah. hand, Mattel is going to learn the wrong lesson from this and start making every toy movie. Every toy of, into a movie. Right. Exactly. So it's just, it's infuriating because Ugh, the lesson they should learn is if you... If you yeah, pioneer if you, like, a movie full of women that has a giant speech in the middle about how contradictory it is to exist, yes, then women are going to go see it and they're going to fucking dress up every person. And both right. screenings I went to was full out wearing pink. People really like the the joy in both theaters was so palpable. Yeah. And it was it was one of my both viewings were some of my favorite communal experiences I've ever had in a movie theater. Because everybody wow. was just in it. And, like, everybody was laughing. Everybody was joyful. Everybody was posing in the boxes, you know, outside each theater. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I saw all the all, pictures. I saw all right. the pictures. <laughs> right. And it's all, it's so interesting because I can't help but think, you know, this is, I'm usually so cynical. And this is literally the opposite of cynicism, what I'm about to say. Oh, hit me. I'm very But curious. I guess I'm like... If Greta Gerwig is handed the keys to the Mattel kingdom in a way that I do, that I am not a truther about, if she's yeah, handed those keys and, and she's told, okay, you can make a movie about this iconic toy and millions of girls are going to see it. Wouldn't you use that to start a conversation 
about what it's like to be a woman instead of being like, Barbie lives in her house and she rides on her horse and everything's perfect. The end. And yeah. I get that that's not really, that was never going to happen. That was that movie never existed. But I, I want to believe, because I really believe in Gerwig, and I believe in her commitment to, as we've talked about, telling women's stories. And are they within a stricter binary than most? Of course they are. And I'm not denying that. But I also... Sure. It's in the same way that I didn't want Christopher Nolan to depict the actual... Right, the, the nuking of Hiroshima. And, I was yeah. like, I don't, you know, I don't want yeah. Gerwig to appropriate a, a culture that's not her own because people want her to. Because that, that would end just as badly. Yeah, but she's, she's, she's trying else. to speak for all women, right? Isn't that the idea that this movie's supposed to be speaking for all women? I see. I didn't feel like, I thought that there were themes of universality in it, but that it was also ultimately one mental journey. And also, can. right, but it's about, but like she makes it about a Latinx girl and her mom, and then there's, there's like, she doesn't know anything about that experience. You know, I'm not trying to be a jerk. No, no, I just, no. Like, I these know. were the things no, I found I mean, irritating about it. Like you have this, and again, the resolution of that storyline about the mom and the daughter is well in this product we find ourselves together. But like the movie doesn't really do it. Like I found it kind of gross that the girl goes back to being more binary at the end. Like, you meet the daughter, and she's wearing right. this, like, baggy sweatshirt, and she's dissing Barbie, and then the big triumph is she goes back to her girlhood and likes Barbie again. And to me, that sounds like a... That's like a cut... I mean, it's not... I'm not saying that's intended as any, any kind of comment on transness, but it's the kind of fantasy that anti-trans parents have all the time, which is my child is sure. cynical and non-girlish. I wish she would come back to me and play with dolls with me the way she did when she was a kid. And right. I just find that to be a really retrograde thing to wish for, as opposed to, I wish that my daughter would take the lesson of Barbie, which is you can do anything with this tool and you can be anything in the shape of a woman and that woman can be whatever shape you want. You know, go forth. Don't like Barbie. Go forth and do the lesson of Barbie, which is be whatever you want. But instead, the lesson we get is play with your Barbies with your mom again. See, it did not read that way to me at all. And I think that that's a, that's a life no, experience No, that's just thing how it read to me. What no, did you read it as? I read it as more like that she was so determined to hate, like, to, to she was so desperate to grow up and not be a kid anymore in relation to her mother, like their relationship mm, yeah. that she, she just was throwing everything that she could from that era of her life as far away from her as she possibly could. Mm. And I, I took it as more cause I was horrible to my mother as a teenager, just <laughs> awful mom. I'm Pretty so standard sorry. Problem. I, I don't, I, yeah. yeah. I was. A, You're I not was alone a, in that. No, I know, and I and I watched that movie, and I thought, yeah, no, that was me making her get her hands <laughs> off my shoulders. I was like, oh, you're so weird and gross. And it's like, no, yeah. she wasn't. She was a human being. That's was, really interesting. I I like that perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, and so it it didn't strike me as that she's going to go home and play with the Barbies again. It struck me more as because as she's also like, yeah, she's like in pink as so insofar as she's trying to you know she was hiding out in barbie land tricking all the kins into absolving their right. patriarchy but we you know when she goes back to the real world she 
looks pretty much like herself again. And she's just like, this new person has entered my life, this doll turned human. And I guess we're all cool with that now. Um, when, okay. And that's, Fair. yeah, but, but I think that, I don't think it was so, I don't think it was, or it didn't read to me as so directly that she was going to go play with her dolls and like Barbie now, but that it was, it's okay to have that like child within yourself. And you don't have to run far, far, far away from it and grow up immediately and be an adult. That's right. This is, but this is the danger for me because I watch what has happened with superhero fiction in the past 20 odd years. And it really terrifies me because the message of every superhero um, movie, whether or not it's telling you this explicitly, is be a child. It's easier. Right. Give up. Don't be an adult. And I'm not saying that's necessarily the message of Barbie, but I just get very skittish whenever a movie is telling us to like get in touch with our inner child. Because guess what? Children are pliable. Children are easy to manipulate. And when you see a big movie saying like, hey, get in touch with your inner child again, I'm like, man, you don't have it. Don't tell me what to do. Like, (laughs) I want to be an adult. I hate you. You're a corporation. And I let me revi- revise that just a little bit then, because I think maybe I don't think you're wrong. Here's no, the thing: no, no, I don't no. think you're wrong. It's just that I have an no, allergy I, to it. No, because I had a I had an evolution on the thought while while Go I was on, listening, listening, which is that maybe it's less stay in touch with your inner child and more embrace like all of your multitudes as they are. Yes. Because okay, she has that's that line. Good. She has that line where she says to her mom, you are weird, dark, and crazy. And I love that about you. Mm. And it's the first time she says to her mom, you're a flawed, weird person who draws pictures of Barbie with cellulite for fun. Sure, And I think that's cool. And it's, I think it's more just accepting, you know, maybe, maybe part of, and she, you know, when she's talking to her friends at the lunch table, that one girl goes, I love, used to love Barbie. And they all make her shut up. And they're like, stop it. And, and so it's more like, does the thinking have to be so black so and white rigid, about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I see there, that. There are multitudes where it can be like, you know, the other day my mom like dug out our old Barbies and we were laughing at all their outfits and stuff. And, <laughs> and it was this sweet moment because neither of us sure. were like, Oh, I should look like Skipper. We were both just like, Oh, these children dolls. See, you have this are is, freaky. So I think the big problem here and the thing that divides us more than anything else mm-hmm. is simply the fact that I never imprinted anything on a single Barbie ever. Right. And I think once you've imprinted on at least one Barbie, this movie has a certain alchemy that I just can't access. Right. Because to me, it's not get back in touch. It's to me, it's go buy this product that you never wanted and never owned in the first place. So for me, it's just a commercial as opposed to uh, something that resonates with an actual experience I've had because I've well, never ha- played with Barbies. Do you think that thirty somethings though are going to go to a? I don't. Just, I don't think Toys R Us exists anywhere, but are going to go to Amazon and like people... order a, a Barbie? Toys? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't list. I didn't watch that movie and go. I'm going to go buy a Barbie. I watched that movie and thought, <sighs> man, I love that, and then I left the theater. Yeah, and so, it's like, not so much that. Well, that's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the math that Mattel isn't doing. Because you're right. They're going to learn the absolute wrong lesson yeah. in this, which is everyone loves our product, which right. is not true. This gets back at my original point. Right. All Barbies are weird Barbie, and that movie right. can't accept that. So they're going to learn the wrong lesson, which is that, oh, you know, this must have been a huge, great, successful commercial for our product. But you're right. 30-somethings are not going to go buy a new Barbie. No. So Mattel's going to be disappointed about that. And they're going to stop investing in female-led stuff, and they're going to invest in male-led stuff. 
because men still buy those stupid toys and don't right. take them out of the box and right. put them they, on a shelf. They probably collect Hot Wheels. If, if, if straight men are unwell, so they. I don't. Definitely... The Funko Pops. It's a whole syndrome, you know. Yeah. Like anything, yeah. you get turned. And I'm not saying it's just men. I should not be reductionist about that. I but, mean, I I literally have a Funko Pop behind me. But yeah, I used I'm to not trying to say work. that. What, but what <laughs> I'm saying is, like in general, when you're selling a GI Joe movie. Which right. I know is a different company, but uh, is it? I think it's. It's. I can't remember which toy company. I, you could please not don't tell me, me to, to know <laughs> which toy companies own which toys. I, I already had to find know. out so much about superhero licensing. I don't yeah. want to have to memorize that. I don't know. But like, you make a GI Joe or a Transformers movie, and there are toys that you can sell. And I'm not going to say only men are buying them, but it's kind of a boy toy, and right. you sell more units of those. Is my guess. Right. than you would sell of a Barbie after putting out a Barbie movie. Maybe that's because girls mature faster. Well, than I'm also I wondering no I'm wondering how much the movies, you know, because parents are still out there buying these respective toys for their kids. Like, right. Barbie is still a best-selling toy for young girls, for better or for worse. And so does the movie actually influence that or does the supremacy just continue? Of the, this well, is that's the, the other thing. Is we're talking about 30-somethings, but this is right. also a kid's movie. That's one thing that its defenders See, keep I'm trying to sure say. I'm not sure that I feel like it's a kid's movie at all. Because I, I don't think, know that it's a kid's movie either, but that's what its defenders keep saying whenever people point out dumb parts of the movie. I don't think don't a make sense. Barbie movie that name drops Proust Twice yeah, in a and scene Indigo is for Girls. Children. Yeah. yeah, I don't really think so either. But I think a lot of children were seeing it when I went. Yeah. I went. I, I live in Rhode Island, but I happened to be in New York when it came out. So I went with some friends. Um, well, my spouse and a friend, and we we saw it in Forty Second Street to a packed mm -hmm. theater, and there were a lot of kids there. And those kids do buy Barbies, right? The thing is, this is this is marketed as a four well, their quadrant. parents buy Barbies. Yeah. Well, their that's right. Their parents buy yeah. the Barbies <laughs> for them. That's a good point, right? So, and maybe this will be a thing where you get 30-somethings. Maybe the target part of it is 30-somethings are now finally having kids. So you have right. the 30-something go see it and they buy a Barbie for their child. You know, I'm not, look, sure. I'm not, I'm not going to try to say like, just because something is corporate, it's not worth watching. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I just felt like for me, there was a lot that this movie depended on from the well of nostalgia, personal nostalgia for an object that I just didn't have any nostalgia for. So there was like kindling that was lacking in my heart and no fire was made. Well, and it was also very, as with Lady Bird, it was very rooted in like Gerwig's millennial age group. Of yes, like using, yes. using Indigo Girls, using Hatchbox 20s push, using the BBC Pride and Prejudice Yes. You know, Yo, Lady Bird was the most, Lady Bird and Girls are the most harsh and accurate reads, or, or really just shades of mm -hmm. any millennial experience that I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, Lady Bird really completely nailed the, she, Gerwig graduated a year before me, right? right. So <clears throat> she's high school class of 03, I'm high school class of 04. And Lady Bird is so perfect that watching it, I was like, yep, no, that's exactly what the kids a year ahead of me were like. Right. It was not, it was so pitch perfect that she nailed just the class of 03. And I I respected it so much. But like this, I don't know. I feel like there was more self-criticism there where it was like, hey, isn't it kind of dumb that like some of these things happen as opposed to Mattel where like, I don't know, with Barbie, it just felt like the, the criticism was so, so pulled 
the punches were pulled. Like, I mean, with the patriarchy thing that you mentioned, sure. I love yeah. Ryan Gosling's performance. Yeah. But it really bothered me that the message seems to be, well, if only we gave these incels more love and attention, maybe they wouldn't become terrorists, which I just don't think is, we're not going to solve anything if our answer to why did Ken decide to start a fascist patriarchy is just, well, it's because Barbie wasn't paying enough attention to him. And see, again, I've been thinking a lot about that because I've heard the critique of like, does what nothing changes in the end that right. as well, you know, that it's giving, we just have to say yes to men and kind of validate them. Um, and I, I want to push back against that too, because the, my read on it was more that like patriarchy hurts everyone. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, or a, a, one group being in charge of everything with no leeway for the other whatsoever is just harmful. And patriarchy also hurt the Kens in like that their expectations and their leadership was completely out of whack. And obviously this is told in a simplistic way because it's also, we have to consider this movie is under two hours. So it like, yeah, it's pretty, it could not get it's, it's, and no, it just felt like it was biting off more than it was able to actually. I think it threw a lot at the wall. I think, I think it, it threw almost everything it had at the wall. And I think from my perspective, a lot of it was successful and not everybody's going to agree with me on that. And that's kind of the magic of being able to talk about this stuff is that I can, I can feel one way about it and then talk to you or someone else and be like, I really never thought of it that way, but now I want to kind of, other perspectives into into my thought process sure. but i but i think the ending was more that like there there were little things like where she's like uh what's her name sasha says well where do the kens live and barbie's like i have no idea like they yeah. and so i think but men so aren't I, an underclass like i don't i don't like that you know men aren't an underclass like it was acting like that w- well, it just that, felt like this vision of matriarchy like, they were yeah, but who cares? It's such a, like, there is no matriarchy. I Like, I would really rather there not be a matriarchy that completely excludes men. I don't think that would work either. But no one's proposing that. It was it was setting up this straw man that, like, it's the kind of thing that Ben Shapiro says happens in feminism. That, like, everybody wants oh. to set up a matriarchy that'll just completely disenfranchise men. And nobody wants that. It was, it was well, like, then, who has then, this I mean, fantasy? At the end, the Barbies are like, that that wasn't good either. We don't want it to go back to the way it was. Like we we actively right. don't want to choose that again. Right. Because but like, we didn't. It, that was not what we necessarily intended. Sure. Totally. I'm just saying. Like it was. It was acting like the problem in society is we've become too matriarchal. Like ultimately, that's the problem in Barbie Land. Is it's become too matriarchal. Well, and I'm like, that's not the problem in America or anywhere. Right. But I think that that is that's not that's part of the disconnect when they get to the real world is the Barbies think to themselves, we've made sure that women are in all positions of power and right. that has translated to the real world. They are so confident that that's true. Sure. And Barbie gets there and is like, we haven't fixed anything. We have actually right. affected nothing. And what we have affected is negative. I mean, for me, the most honest and telling line and funniest in the whole movie is when Ken is talking to that random businessman and he says, wow, so uh, I could just get a job because I'm a man, mm-hmm. and he says, "Well, no, actually, uh, it would probably You'll work need all against these advanced you." Degrees, yeah, and then and then he says, "Well, it sounds like you're doing patriarchy badly." And the businessman laughs and sort of whispers, "Actually, it's going really well. We're just a little quieter about it." Right. And that was what the whole movie was to me was like 
who qui bono who wins like i don't see women winning from this movie like we had a good time maybe but what's the win like i don't think i could be wrong i hope this leads to greta gerwig getting lots of work that she can be really interesting in and i hope it leads to a lot of other women getting jobs because this is such a huge opening but i just fear that that's not going to from my years of entertainment reporting right I don't think any executive is going to learn anything from this that any of us would like them to learn. So I, I can't help but look at the material effect of it and just feel like I don't know who wins from this. So I think that I might have a prediction or an answer to that question. Go on. Maybe we can end on that note. Yes, go on. Yeah, which also I wanted to say my favorite line in the whole movie, and I know this is the dumbest line, but I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing is when Ken says that he realized once he realized the patriarchy had nothing to do with forces, he basically lost interest. Yeah, that was good. made me laugh so hard. And I saw an interview with Gerwig where she said that she loved the idea that like Ken would look at a horse and think it was just like part of a man or controlling the man. (laughs) And because they're always on statues and stuff. But I think that the, what we could, what women and girls could win from this all boils down to Margot Robbie. Because when you, when you dial everything back from this movie, Lucky Trap Productions, which she owns, mm-hmm. is the, was this, you know, spearheading force behind this. They also did I, Tanya and Promising Young Woman, and they have, you know, other things will come down the pipeline. She has been, I was just That's listening a to a podcast today where they were talking about how she does workshops for um, female and femme writers and directors to make, like, she Fantastic. is a huge pioneer of getting more women behind the camera and in creative positions in Hollywood because she understands that she has influence to wield. She's yeah, and that she has to use that material yes. power to yeah. materially change who's in these rooms as exactly. opposed to just who's on the screen. Exactly. And she, uh, you know, she has two Oscar nominations under her belt. Yeah. I would be shocked if she didn't get a third the way th- th- this movie is going, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I just think if we get a winner from this, I think it's Margot Robbie because I think that I she like that. has proven two studios she you know she said to studios like i i'm gonna tell you this is this will work i this will work and it did and if this so maybe it's not even gerwig is the hope i like yeah. this that roby is the one who you can actually see chalking this one up as a huge win and then writing it into uh you know multifarious success yeah. not only for herself but for the women because for her backing future production career now all she has to do is point to this movie right that's right that's right well hopefully i hope that it the that the midas touch is recognized as opposed yeah. to you know women are very often not given as many chances and you know if yeah. if margo's next movie bombs who knows but i i really hope for the best for that thank you for saying that that's a really interesting and optimistic way for, to look at it i had been really looking only at the negative sides but that's 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 something hopeful I, I was thinking a lot about it today because I was just thinking about her role in this and the fact that she is the face of the movie and the backbone of it in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, she is. And, you know, Despite obviously... Despite not doing any press for it, really, uh, in the final run. In the final run-up, yeah, because of yeah, the... And the uh, just to be clear, we we support... Oh, we're totally on board with the strike. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad there percent. was no press. I'm, I'm thrilled that they're striking. I want every single person to be paid exactly yeah, what they no deserve and to be told. No way I will... Because AI could not do anything anyone did in this movie. Simply right. could not. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think if the future is Margot Robbie for girls, then that's not a bad future to look to. I'm down. I am. Yeah. 
elect her president, and then we'll take it from there. <laughs> we'll take it, Fred. <laughs> Got some some immigration and naturalization Shh, issues. We'll there, figure it out. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. This was such an interesting conversation, as always, Nina. I really like talking with you. I love chatting about spicy this. topics such as it a was. popular movie. And I'm really, really glad that we got to talk about this, especially because I think that as we came into creating this podcast together, we even talked about how Barbie tries to be everything for all girls. And, and so I'm so happy that the timelines converged. I know. Us. And we've got, and also our artwork, you know, I can't be too mad at Barbie because of course the artwork for this podcast is very inspiring. Yes. It's done by the phenomenal Becca Smith, who is Becca Smith, on all who of our, did it so well. All of our um, channels. I guess this is where we tell people to like and subscribe, but they know that. I don't know why we'd be telling them that. Yeah, you should you should follow us. You should yeah follow subscribe. follow me. Oh, I have yeah my uh, go, follow the website of the the podcast. Yes. one of the girls dot zone. You know, like z o n e. Um, one of the girls dot zone. My website is Josie dot zone. J o s i e dot z o n e. And uh, I got kicked off Twitter, so I can't give you my handle there. I am staying on Twitter till the bitter, 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 bitter end. Be careful out there. There's a lot of weird material that the FBI might come and get yeah. you if you accidentally come across it in your cache. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm on Blue Sky as well. I'm Nina Starner on both platforms. Um, I just yes. Have we I interacted s- on Blue Sky? No, I have to friend you right away. What the hell? I like I'm just very joined active last on week. Blue Sky. Blue Sky is like my new thing. It's just that it's a very small network that's kind of yeah. Well I saw. I'm like very mired in Zelda right now. And I saw a meme of like one of the characters in that going, I need to reach my friend. And it was like anyone trying to find anyone they know on Blue Sky. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. It's not a great search. Okay, well, I'll find you after we're done yeah, But anyway. I'm, I'm Nina Starner on Twitter and Blue Sky. Uh, I'm also at ninastarner.com where I keep some of my clips updated. You can see where I'm working and contact me for freelancing. But please do. Yeah. Thanks Great. for chatting with me about this, Josie. No, this was lovely. And we'll be back next week with, uh, well, I, I guess we probably shouldn't tease these things because who knows, we might change our minds. But theoretically, we're talking about The Matrix next week. We will talk fair. about The Matrix definitely, but and it'll almost definitely be next week. It'll almost definitely be next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.